My Michelle Live Podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live Podcast. <laughs> okay. Weekend Review. A look back at the week. It's My, my Michelle, Michelle Live, Live Weekend Review. review. Here's Michelle and my co-host Adam Rizzieri as we look back at news that made news. This week, it's location. And your location in states in countries and in ideology, even politics, seems to really matter and play out in the news stories this week. What am I talking about? You're going to hear it, but first, hey, happy belated 4th, my friend. Happy belated 4th. I love the 4th of July. It's just, it's such a great holiday and just a great time to be thinking about just being an American. And like you said, location, I, I woke up on the 4th of July just basically thanking God that I was born in this country. I think about my great-grandfather who was born in a different country. He was born in Italy, and he was born into a governmental system that was not nearly as great as ours. I think we are literally living in the greatest country on the in the history of the world, and I'm just so thankful for that. Yes, and I was having a conversation with someone from New Zealand that said, we have way more freedom there. Okay, I will argue that some of our freedoms have certainly edged away, but sure. why? And if we follow the Constitution, we ha- it has afforded and paved the way for freedom across the globe. And that may be what we need to get back to. But in we'll even see in news stories this week, adherence to the Constitution, that's not only radical, but it's dangerous. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's talk about our first location story. It would seem that location matters in gun control, in shooting, and how safe you are. How safe you are may be a direct result of where you live. Tell us why, my friend. Without question, we see that it's really places that are the most strict on guns and by by that the most strict on law-abiding citizens abilities to lawfully possess firearms are places where gun violence is just absolutely terrible you know there was we all it was unmistakable right we all heard the terrible headline about the july 4th parade shooting in the chicago suburb of highland park And there were six people that I recall that were dead, 30 were injured, including, man, this toddler lost both parents in the shooting. There was a 98-year-old lady that was there in a wheelchair who survived the shooting, but guarantee you that 98-year-old never thought that she was going to live through a mass shooting. And it's like these places where these soft on crime district attorneys that happen to have like overly restrictive gun laws are the places that are the most dangerous. And there's just, there seems to be no accountability or support for the police or for the rule of law, right? Like it is the law abiding citizens that do not possess firearms. It's the law abiding citizens that are not able to protect themselves, especially in Chicago, where by the way, over the 4th of July weekend, it wasn't just that mass shooting in the suburb, over 70 people were shot in Chicago during 4th of July weekend. And that is absurd. And it's also par for the course. It's not like another, it's not an outlier of a weekend in Chicago. They routinely have mass shootings in that city, a city where you can't even lawfully possess guns. And one thing that I went to bed praying for last night was I was praying for the people of Japan. I was praying for Shinzo Abe, who was shot by someone who basically used a homemade firearm. Japan is a country that has the most strict gun laws that basically exist in the world. You just don't really 
possess guns in Japan unless you are a police officer or unless you're part of the military. It's a place where you literally like you have to pass a written test. You have to attend an all day class. You have to undergo a rigorous mental health evaluation and drug testing. The police actually maintain an active inventory on your ammunition supply if you are a lawful gun possessor. So and here we are in a country with laws like that where Shinzo Abe, former prime minister of Japan, was shot in the middle of a speech. And this is a huge loss for the world. It's a huge loss for Japan, obviously. Shinzo Abe, before I get too far into the Japan gun law thing, I just want to recognize the fact that this is a guy who was very pro-American. He was very pro-Japan. He's a guy who actually lived in America for part of his life after undergrad. He, he attended the uh, University of Southern California, and he really wanted to make Japan a more significant country in relation to the rest of the world. And he definitely ruffled the feathers of China and the Koreas alike. But he was a friend to the country. He was a friend of Donald Trump. He was a friend of other American presidents. And also, too, I think there was this, I saw this endearing Instagram video that was on his, on his Instagram profile. And he bought this, this beaver, like, door knocker. And it was literally like this beaver-shaped, like, door knocker for your front door. And it's a video of him installing it on his house. He's nailing it to the door. And then it shows his wife literally like playing with this beaver door knocker. And it was just like this adorable video. And I was like, man, that's something that I would do. I would install like this goofy looking door knocker just because it was a souvenir <laughs> I got in a different country that I thought was cute. And to, to recognize that it's not just like an everyday citizen that was killed in Japan. This is a former prime minister. This is, he actually, I think he spent like over two decades as a prime minister. And he recently in 2020 stepped down for health reasons. And he was just recently trying to get back into the mix as one of the parliamentary ministers. So I think what we're looking at here is we have to recognize that gun control is not the solution. We're obviously talking about a mental health problem here, right? There are mental health problems going on here. Can the, I just the say- The gunman here was a 41-year-old unemployed man. I who think what we can say found a is- way to get a gun in a place that guns don't really exist in. I, what we can say is we have a sin problem. We have, honestly, we have anything goes mentality. It's my life, my choice. It's not just my body, my choice. It's my life, my choice. I can do whatever I want. There are no holds barred. How dare you tell me what to do? That's what our real problem is, that we don't recognize an ultimate authority and there is a real right and there is a real wrong. And we could say, yeah, there's right and wrong as long as it doesn't feel good for me to do it. And I like it. Yeah, to yeah. buy a gun in Japan, though, is really restrictive. There, you It like doesn't happen, basically. Right. It is so restrictive. So you have to, I understand that you sent, you did some research on this. You have to attend an all-day class, pass a written test, uh, yeah. pass a shooting range test with accuracy of about, of at least 95%, uh, undergo mental health evaluation and drug test, undergo a rigorous background check, including a review of criminal records and personal, personal debt, debt, yeah. debt, organized crime, relationship with family and friends. And some of these things, I think like driving a car, it would be great to have people license what you're dealing with. Right. However, right. it's a right in our country. And we have a hard time understanding what a right is. We now think a right is something the government allows us to do. It's something that is inalienable, something that comes from God. It's something that the government recognizes and protects, not grants us. So that's the difference. If we really want to have people understand gun safety, we should teach it in school. Oh, the parallel wow, here, Michelle, radical. is the fact that we're talking about 
a country where you have super restrictive gun laws, right? Japan, Chicago, a place, Illinois in general, but Chicago, a place where gun laws are super, super strict. Here's the thing. Law-abiding citizens follow the law, right? If you can't have a gun, a law-abiding citizen is not going to have a gun. But the thing is, if you're a crazy person and you're going to commit an act of violence, the laws on the paper are not going to stop you from shooting up a school in Uvalde. It's not going to stop you from shooting up a July 4th parade. The laws are there, but if you're not going to follow them, or if the district attorneys are not going to enforce the laws, what are you, what are you left with, right? You're left um, with a breakdown in society. It's a terrible thing. Isn't that that saying, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns? Hmm. Give some food. What for could thought. go wrong there? Some food it's like that thought. Gangs of New York movie, right? All the bad guys have the guns and none of the good people have any way of protecting themselves. New York City, there was a, a bodega store worker who was just thrown in jail, but he was let out on bail. But he was thrown in jail for defending himself against a guy who was attacking him in his store. He basically had to find a sharp object to defend himself as he was being attacked by a much bigger person, stabbed this attacker five times and was thrown in jail for, I think, murder. It was the charge of maybe it was aggravated assault. But nonetheless, he was forced to defend himself using what was available. He was like being attacked actively, found a sharp object and used it to protect himself, stabbing the attacker five times. When the law is not supporting people who need support, when the law is not supporting police who need support, we've got a real problem on our hands. And that's really, I think, a big issue today is recognizing that it's these cities that are so out of touch with the actual needs of the everyday person, the person who's working to earn a living, the person who's working to raise a family. You have to take matters into your own hands. And unfortunately, the police have not been supported and really doing what it's actually interesting, right? The police want a rule of law to exist and they might arrest somebody, but then the DA just lets them go. You, exactly. you, you hear so many stories from Gascon and LA County. Criminals learn, okay, this DA, he's just going to just, it's a revolving door. We'll get locked up and we'll get let out. That's just how it goes. It's insane. It's insane. And it is causing problems across the nation. We're, we're, I think of a Bible verse where Jesus said, put your sword back in its place for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. In other words, violence begets violence. Hate begets hate. Having a gun is the mindset of a law abiding citizen is not, now I want to draw my sword and I'm, I'm right. But that's the mindset of criminals. And right. that kind of criminal activity, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, so to speak. And that's the tragedy as we look at another major news story, which has a good side in that Derek Chauvin gets 21 years in federal saw that. civil rights case over George right. Floyd's death. Um, our police need to be accountable. Our police need to serve and protect. And even I love what used to love watching cops. They got rid of it because it's not politically correct. But I'd love I, love I loved seeing police officers talk to these people who are the worst of society and say, well, sir, well, ma'am, sir, I'm going and treating them as though they're human even right. though they act inhumanly. Derek Chauvin didn't do that. But the other side of that coin is, George, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that's where we're not holding well, our cities accountable, our communities where there's more crime. We're not holding people accountable. We're blaming institutions. We're blaming guns. We're bl we have a sin problem. 
I still have a problem with the whole Chauvin thing, Michelle. And I know what he did was terrible. I watched the video. It was sickening. George Floyd, he had more drugs in him that could kill a, a horse like when he passed away. I still have a hard time like accepting that Chauvin's actions alone caused that death. But George Floyd was trying to die. That. He had been admitted for suicide uh, attempts in the past. Yeah. The amount of drugs in his body were just like, man, like insane. It's like you are literally poisoning yourself. I hope that, I, I know God's got this right. Chauvin needs to be held accountable for what he did. I just, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if the crime matches the punishment. I definitely think several years are warranted. And I know even if it was a, like a, an accidental homicide, right? That's a 10 year sentence in Texas based on like former situations where a police officer is unlawfully commit, killed somebody, right? Also not intentional. I hear you. I know. No, I, I hear you. And it's almost like smoke and mirrors in a way to me, because there's a deeper issue. Now I said we have a sin problem. I'm going to take you to George Floyd square one month to the day after George Floyd died. It was just, no, I'm sorry. It was just a couple of weeks after George Floyd died while the streets were still marked off while the, well, People were still there putting flowers and all of that. I was there. And what I saw there, while there were some political issues that were talked about, they felt that they needed to have more conversation with the police. But do you know what was there that was not reported? And I saw with my own eyes, every night there was someone singing and preaching. There was a makeshift baptismal in the middle of the street, almost directly across from where he he perished. It was like a feeding trough and it was used as a baptismal. And they were telling people about the love of Jesus. And they were saying, this is the real answer. That's what was happening in that neighborhood. Across the street, there was an abandoned gas station where there were couches sat up and people said, hey, come on over. Do you want some water? And they sat down and they welcomed conversation from people who awesome. felt differently. They had Bible studies. This is what it was real. That's the real solution. But instead, 100%. we have Black Lives Matter, hate those white people. And in my town, the people who are holding up the signs Black Lives Matter are these rich white people. <laughs> And you're like, really? Really? So thank you for rescuing all of us people of color because we can't. I just find that a bunch of rich white people that can work from home via Zoom who are yelling in the faces of oftentimes black police officers who are sitting there trying to keep the peace. Yeah. So let's get back. Let them do their job. Let's get back to location. So what we're finding is lockdown gurus and Gestapos are biting the dust. Governments of the world today, according to a study, are among the least popular institutions anywhere on the planet of anything. There are a What's that quote, Michelle? Like, you can call me a lot of names, but the worst thing you can call me is a politician. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably bleep that word out. There are a few possible exceptions, though. Sweden, Florida, South Dakota, they're play where people have a level of satisfaction with a government that doesn't exist anywhere else. These are also places that leadership is chosen not to bludgeon people with virus control. Another study and a story comes out of red states. 
where red states, this is a real thing, red states are recovering faster economically than blue states. Florida, Texas, Utah, the Carolinas, they have a swifter economic recovery from the pandemic compared to Democrat-leading states, which saw all of their residents and companies even leaving for lower tax havens. A study from the Washington State Journal, a report from the Washington State Journal, gave that information. And Florida, this is huge, really huge. Florida, basically in December, had, of course, it's a red state. And red outweighed blue by about 43,000 people. There were more Republicans than Democrats or or people. It was still close enough to be like a swing state at times, wasn't it? Like, yeah, the hanging Chad back in the the Bush Gore days, right? Like, it's still, yeah, but get this. It's a fight. Get this, my friend. In March, it jumped to 100,000 more. And today, Florida Republican Party voter tally has reached 200,000 more voters than the Democrats for the first time in the state history. People are going, you know what? This is nuts. I'm switching sides. I I identify as a Republican. The the walk away is real. It really is. And when you have strong leaders like Ron DeSantis and you have also just strong state level uh, representation, People that are fighting for basically it's the same thing that helped Glenn Youngkin win in Virginia, right? Floridians are trying to protect the rights of Floridians and they're sticking to protecting the rights of Floridians and trying to keep the federal government from infringing on those rights. And so you have these strong local leaders in Florida that I think are like really shining a light on policies that are ridiculous and using truth to make a mockery of some of those policies. It's literally making Ron DeSantis a viable presidential candidate for oh, the next huge. election. The fact that the fact is people love a strong leader. And when a strong leader is able to speak truth, then like how can you find them in, in positions of hypocrisy? A lot of those who are actually in the federal leadership level. Also, too, just the populations within this group of Floridians who are now voting Republican, incredibly strong support from the Latin vote. Man, like a lot of those who identify as Hispanic in Florida right now are realizing, hey, wait a minute, a lot of what's coming from the government is going to violate our religious freedom. And we're not cool with that. A lot of what's coming from the government is going to basically step on a lot of the people in Florida, right? They immigrated from parts of South America and parts of Cuba, and they fled from the, the I guess, just the awful reality of communism and of totalitarian governments. And they see a trend in our federal government that looks a lot like what they tried to flee from. And they don't want, they're not going back. They don't they want that know to, to because be their new they're future, right? educated. They're not going back, man. They're educated. If you're watching live, we have a glitch and you're watching Adam in a not very attractive post. I'm going to try to fix that. And there oh, no. you are. You're back. Thank you. I appreciate that. The funny thing, though, in all of this is while we have uh, horrific inflation, jobs, jo- job loss, is at a all-time high. The White House is in absolute denial. Thank you very much. And Biden is claiming that, well, we may have a long way to go, but it's Putin's fault. Gosh darn it, Putin. So ridiculous. Yeah, it's all Putin. It's all Putin. It's Putin, man. It's ridiculous. Okay, so they should just call him like the gaslighter in chief. Uh, <laughs> when we're sitting here being told by, being talked down to, 
by the White House press secretary, the new press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, who is surprisingly much worse than Jin Psaki. Jin Psaki was at least prepared to, to serve BS. Uh, Jean-Pierre is always <laughs> caught off guard and she's, oh, let me think of some BS to serve you real fast. <laughs> uh, she literally was trying to tell Peter Ducey from Fox News, we are stronger economically than we have been in history. Press Secretary Jean-Pierre, on what planet and in what reality do you live? But you can uh, say that because it's, it's absolutely absurd. They're not going to be uh, held accountable. You know, she's not going to no. be held accountable. So that's part of the ridiculousness. We don't have a press that's going to throw out the real numbers. Let's talk briefly about that. Yeah, absolutely. So as we're sitting here having President Biden tell us, I call it the Putin tax increase saying, oh, we made incredible progress on the economy from where we were a year and a half ago. Then you look at the numbers, you look at the consumer price index, and you're just like, a year and a half ago, we're talking like 1.3, 1.6% inflation. Um, and now what are we at? So we're like, it was the last measure was in May, it was an 8.6% inflation rate, we're going to get new numbers, basically next week. And I suspect, Michelle, that it's going to be even higher. The 8.6% rate, by the way, that was a 40 year high, the highest level since 1981. And I think that we're about to set another record here. I think we're going to see something closer to 10% with inflation. Yeah. Like, when you, when you try to blame this on Putin and you try to blame this on the whole Russia-Ukraine thing, yes, the Russia-Ukraine thing did destabilize the oil market, but right. prices were already beginning to rise sharply from the moment the Keystone XL pipeline was shut down. And just you just look at a chart. Like, you look at the charts, look at the consumer price index, look at that over time. Wait. And you can't parallel that with the Russia-Ukraine. It just doesn't add up. Question. So if that Keystone XL project was in operation, could we have even avoided some of the added Russian-Ukraine destabilization? That's what Most we're certainly. talking about, as well as <clears throat> have oil coming to us that we can keep an eye on if you're an environmentalist, if you care about that safety. And we've gone into some of the other issues that are attached and we don't have time to really delve deeply. You mean like buying oil from a rogue nation like Iran versus just buying more oil from Canada? Yeah. And spending (laughs) and what it does to the environment to have to truck these things across the country as opposed to a pipeline. It's crazy. Another big issue since we only have a few more minutes and I think this is vital is uh, the issue with woke teachers. And this is really huge. What's happening is absolutely ridiculous. They want to look at revitalizing things like not using the word mother to use birthing parent and non-birthing parent. And I am outraged. How is it that your freaking pronouns get to erase my nouns? I am proud to be a mom. I'm proud to be called mother. I'm proud to be a woman. And now I don't get my nouns because you have these egregiously ridiculous pronouns that we must acquiesce to. Hell no. Hell no. And it's not just that. And they say they're a social justice organization. What happened to being an education organization? They want vaccine mandates mask mandates. How has that worked? Studies show how bad that was on kids. They want abortion advocacy in the schools. But I'm going to tell you something that the what they're not teaching 
is playing out because you can go on the street and ask people and uh, having just experienced the 4th of July, Adam, they have asked people and you've seen these videos, right? Where they've asked people, who did we fight the war of independence against? Uh, South America, Canada, Europe. They have no idea. They have no idea. And when it comes to abortion, they have no idea either. Watch this. Most people have no idea what an abortion actually is. Never saw how it's done. I have no idea what goes on on abortion. Uh, no, I wouldn't have any idea. They go into the doctor, does something, and then they come out. Some sort of liquefying type of thing. In the interest of time, people didn't know. All of these people were for abortion rights. What's going on is absolutely awful. But when they watched videos from this site, what is an abortion? It shows basically what happens when, and this is for the pill that that you may be watching. And they say, Mm -hmm. yeah, and you may see this fetus or this baby type thing, oftentimes with a heartbeat already come out. That is what happens during the first trimester. What happens during the second trimester, which is the most often performed abortion, is so horrible that if you're watching, you may want to look away. Where they go in, they suck all the fluid out, and then they use a sharp object to remove parts of the baby who's still alive. It is so awful. I cannot show any, I just can't even show anymore. After seeing that video, people suddenly change up to 20% of very pro- abortion advocates totally reverse their views to this should be illegal. So different light on things. So absolutely ridiculous. And that video taught me a lot that I've never would have known. Yes, it did change my mind. In all honesty and fairness, it is killing a human. That's what they're not teaching. So they want to advocate for abortion advocacy, LGBTQI, by the way, needs to be called now, inclusivity and inclusive language, vaccine mandates. That's what they're talking about. What about teaching our kids? Because if you really think that you're pro-choice, then you're going to have to know what the choices are. You're actually making the choice. You have to know the whole story or it's not a choice. It's propaganda. And I would say it's murder, the biggest human rights issue of our time. But there is new, new executive orders that I wanted to get to as well. Can you touch on that? Yeah. So literally President Biden just signed an executive order that's trying to basically undermine what the Supreme Court did when it ruled against the basically the right for the federal government to say abortion is a right. When basically when the federal government gave the power back to the states, President Biden is trying to basically use his executive privileges to basically legislate from the pen and say that the federal agencies that work the report to the president are going to do everything they can to ensure access to abortion options. He's literally trying to formalize how the Department of Justice will pursue cases related to abortion by cases of crimes. He's trying to work with Health and Human Services to offer certain levels of assistance to women that seek to commit infanticide. He wants the, the federal agencies to also work with medical providers and insurers to help provide patients with information and, and also to, prov- to protect uh, 
patient information from going to the authorities. So if you have law enforcement agencies that are trying to invest vi investigate violations of state law relative to abortion, he wants to try and ensure that the medical providers are not able to provide that information to the state law enforcement agencies. So and there was another thing too, he's working with the FTC to try and create a task force that will somehow coordinate efforts amongst the various federal agencies to continue to provide some sort of safeguard and access to abortion while also underscoring all of this with a finger pointing to the Supreme Court saying, the Supreme Court is, a, is an extremist branch of government right now. This is a political wing and basically is trying to get rid of the legitimacy of one third of our government. It's absurd when you think about the fact that just this week, yesterday, Shinzo Abe was assassinated, the prime minister of Japan. Weeks ago, a, one of our Supreme Court justices, there was an assassination attempt on him. Biden pointing the finger at SCOTUS and trying to undermine the legitimacy of that court literally just kind of fosters extremism and extremist activity. It, We've it literally just been watching care. the Democrats try and do that in Congress right now with the January 6th committee hearings, mm -hmm. talking about how fragile our democracy is. And yet we have the president now trying to point the finger at the Supreme Court and delegitimize it. It's absurd. And also, too, I think it's just it's a total violation of what our elected officials, I think what our presidency should stand for. He should have enough respect for the Supreme Court and what it stands for to not call it an extremist branch of government for simply returning power back to the states. And that's really what people aren't understanding. Uh, the issue of abortion is not in the Constitution. It doesn't say you have the right to kill your children if it's inconvenient. It doesn't have the word abortion or anything that even touches on abortion. Man, we make big, huge, extreme leaps because of separation of church and state, which isn't in the Constitution, but an idea of a state church that impedes on our rights is talked about. At least it's there. In this case, there is nothing there. And so the Supreme Court really made the right decision because right. that choice needs to be put or that law, those ideas need to be made in the legislature. By the way, hypocrisy in action. As a senator, Joe Biden said the states should have the right to choose one way or the other with abortion. Now, as president, he's his handlers are basically having him say, no, the federal government should mandate the yeah, right to politics. abortion across across the entire country. All those and by the way, Michelle, you mentioned most abortions happen in the second trimester. So my baby right now is at 26 weeks at, towards yeah. the tail end of the second trimester, right? Like we're talking about a, a child with eyes, a child that can literally swallow amniotic fluid. And this is going to sound gross, but this is just part of being a human. The baby will pee inside the, the womb after swallowing the amniotic fluid. We're talking about a kid that can literally hear like my voice, I can hear my wife's voice, I can hear music, and it can respond to all of that too. But President Biden wants to legitimize abortion for everybody, right? For the second trimester in particular. Yeah, it's my body, my choice, but not it's that baby. Where's that baby's choice? Maybe your choice should be where 90, over 95% of abortions, actually way more than that, but that's a safe number, are because someone doesn't find it convenient, they had sex by choice, put themselves in a situation where they're choosing to get in bed with someone and then they're choosing an abortion. Maybe you should back that up and start choosing better before... Right and think maybe I don't want to have sex with this guy 
before I'm ready to have children. Because if you want to look at a naturalistic point of view, that's where sex is for procreation. And in a biblical point of view, it's not only for procreation, but for intimacy between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. That's Very what nice. it was created Thank for. God. If God created it, he gets to deem what it's be- how it's best served. And we see a lot of this is falling apart because of that. And, right. and honestly, it is the aftermath of an abortion is horrific for many women. And I do want to say that I'm not sitting here saying, you people who've had abortions and think abortions, I'm not saying that, the, that you're bad. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And as Elvita King, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, has dated, she's had several. And she said, you know what? There's forgiveness, there's hope, and there's light. We have created and committed egregious sins of murder. And as women, we should be protecting our children, nurturing them. This goes against our very nature. But there is hope and there is healing i gotta say though michelle too the whole abortion topic is so interesting because you hear for one of the rare moments where the democrats in power today are trying to to speak up for what they call our women's rights ignoring the baby's rights when at the same time underscoring that they're trying to rewrite title nine they're trying to eradicate women's rights on one side of the spectrum but then they're trying to protect them on the other so my wife can't even define what a woman is for a while before we got eventually got pregnant naturally. And we thank God for that. But through the process of going through, you know, failed IVF cycles, man, let me tell you, a trans woman has no idea what it's like for a biological woman to go through the constant like probing and the ultrasound tests and everything. Any woman that's gone through IVF knows what I'm talking about. And just as the supportive husband, I was there for those exams. You don't understand what how demeaning it is to call a mother a birthing person. She's a heck of a lot more than that. And as the Biden administration tries to degrade the rights of women on one side and then act like they're protecting it on the other, it's just hypocrisy in action. Thank you very much. I like that. Way to go. (laughs) Thanks for standing up for our nouns. Speaking of illegal, this is going to be have to be our final report. Although, can I sneak something in really quick? You mentioned the January. This is Mama Show Live. (laughs) You mentioned the January 6th issue. Arizona had to place a state fence around the Capitol because there were riots and people trying to break in and shut things down. But That's all I have to say. We're just going to leave it at that. I'm not even (laughs) going to comment. Just a little food for thought. All right. Speaking of illegal, there's one other issue that we need. We like to take the news and unspin it and give you what you're not hearing. And this is an issue concerning Hunter Biden. So let's take that on. (laughs) Hunter Biden. It's like, where does it stop with the president's son? So Hunter Biden alone just makes me laugh because he's just such a ridiculous person. Representative James Comer from Kentucky, he's part of the House Oversight Committee that's been pressing Janet Yellen on basically more information around the shady foreign dealings between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and various nations, including people in Ukraine, people in China, people in Russia. And there's a claim now from Congress that the Biden administration is preventing the Treasury Department from releasing what's called SARS reports. And a SARS report is basically a suspicious activity report that is generated by a bank. And a bank will flag transactions that are oftentimes very large. And they flag these for review because it's an effort to look out for money laundering. And the Treasury Department has basically been preventing Congress from reviewing a collection of SARS reports that stem down to Biden-owned bank accounts. 
And they're saying that the Biden administration is restricting con Congress's access to these. And they're trying to basically just investigate whether there's been a change in like the Treasury Department's policy around like how Congress has provided this sort of information. Okay. And in a nutshell, what the Congress is trying to hone in on is just the truth of the Biden family's dealings with foreign powers, right? Is there something in those business dealings that could basically hurt national security that could give leverage to a foreign adversary over the president of the United States? And for some reason, the Treasury Department is failing to produce this information to Congress. It's failing to produce really important information that could expose the truth of the Biden family's dealings with people in communist China, with people that are involved in the Russian oil oligarchs and the Ukrainian powers to be. And so now I guess they were supposed to produce information on, I guess, in June, actually. And so now they've got a new deadline. All right, Treasury Department, you have till July 20th to respond to this request. This all follows information that was leaked from the Hunter Biden laptop. And you may have heard the media this past week or so releasing this voicemail from Joe Biden, who is saying, he's not, he's saying to Hunter Biden, oh, yeah. hey, I've been following the news. I think you're in the clear. I think everything should be fine in respect to the stories about your dealings in Ukraine, uh, your dealings yeah. in China. I think yeah. we're in the clear now. And, and, but then also recognizing that Joe Biden has told every reporter that asks him that he has no knowledge or involvement in any of Hunter Biden's business dealings. If that's the case, then why is he looking up for the media and saying, oh, Hunter, you know what? I heard that story. I think you're in the clear now. In the clear of what, Joe? Yeah, in the clear of what? Good point. I'm going to see if I can pull this up and I may have to do it a little bit later, but there is, I have a video on that. And I want to thank people of TikTok, honestly, because people do this research. They look for these stories, Adam, and then they get them out there and good for them. So I, I like to take the research and share it. Take times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right questions. Why so serious? Hey, pals, Dad. It's 8.15 on Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing hurts you. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, it's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think you're clear. And anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. What if I was to say you was a no good son of a bitch? You know? yeah. Okay. So there you go. Well, what's funny, Michelle, about that voicemail, by the way, is it is such a dad voicemail to a son because he starts it off by saying the date and the time that he's leaving the voicemail. Remember President Brand, uh, <laughs> President Biden? The phone will tell Hunter exactly when that call came in. <laughs> it's like the old school voicemail days. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> yeah, and he said, I, I love you. And I love that he does that. But what is real love? And that that is what I'm going to end with. We talked about location. Your location to the people in your lives and even your parents, how you're raised, how you choose to think really does matter. What is love? Because in our country, we tend to let our care turn to cruel the way that we don't hold people accountable and the way that we don't allow Americans to protect themselves because, man, those guns are scary. The bad guys, well, what they're doing to us is scary too. Or turning love into, I'm going to protect you from doing 
horrific thing from getting found out that you are doing horrific things instead of saying, hey, these things have to stop. This is topsy-turvy in a world where wrong is right and right is wrong. In our last few seconds together, let's just lighten it up with a little weird news. Now it gets weird news. All right. The weird news today. (laughs) First of all, you have one. This is weird. No one's heard from Fauci since his COVID rebound. What's up? I was just going to ask our listeners to just, yeah, send a feeler out there for the guy. And you remember where is Waldo? Maybe he's not. Let us know. You remember where is Waldo? We're issuing a a cry. Where is Fauci? If you find him, if you have a Fauci sighting after his COVID rebound, please let us know. We're concerned. Give him a call and speed dial, right? Yeah, come on. Come on. Anthony Fauci, how how you doing? Where are you at, buddy? (laughs) And then there's this one. Have you heard of gentle minions? Gentlemen, no, so I okay. I've been the minion thing, like, I can't seem to get away from it. (laughs) What's going on with these gentle minions? It started in Australia with a guy that's dressed up in a suit to go like the minion there and banana in the pocket because they love bananas and went to see the movie. And now it's caught on to this, this next generation of kids, they are dressing up young boys in particular, to go and see Minions. And for the most part, they're just going there, watching the movie, having fun. However, it has turned raucous and riotous into riots where they're (laughs) breaking things, throwing popcorn, having a mosh pit. And yeah, and so uh, theaters are having to issue huge refunds because parents are going... We can't even watch the film. I don't feel safe in there. There's no self-control anymore. Man, and I'm, I've it's said like, this on our entertainment review that if I were a theater owner, I would welcome suits. I would hire right. extra security. I would say if they want to stand up and jump up and have fun, great. If they start getting out of control, security is there. Have a suited minion showing. <laughs> and if you're wearing a suit and then... This is this one's for families. Yeah, they have to do something. But yeah, that's just the crazy Michelle, news of the week. It's literally it's like it's like Antifa decided to go to a movie together. But first they were like, let's bathe, shave and put. <laughs> and we're going to leave okay, it, well, it at that. <laughs> Guys, thank you uh, for watching, for being part of the God story. Unspinning the news, sharing truth and keeping America free. That's what we're about. If you believe that, like this, share this, comment, let us know if you found Fauci, and make sure that you subscribe, because when you do, you spread the God story. And Adam and I appreciate you. Right, Adam? Amen? Amen. Amen. Leave it. (laughs) That's it. Let us know about Fauci, y'all. That's right. We'll catch you next time. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.